This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. A surprising number of Americans don't know what rights are protected under the First Amendment, and many cannot name the three branches of government. These are troubling trends that could one day threaten our freedoms. People often lack important civic knowledge that's incredibly important for participating meaningfully in our democracy. This is the responsibility of all of us. Then, online influencers are posting paid videos with questionable health messages. How can consumers know what's real? I am very concerned that people who see these posts don't realize that they are paid. Influencers are supposed to indicate that it is a paid post, that it's really easy to miss that. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. Stay with us. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. The Annenberg Public Policy Center recently conducted their Constitution Day Civics Survey. Here to discuss the results is Professor Matt Lewandowski of the Annenberg Center. Professor, the survey reveals many respondents are unaware of the rights protected under the First Amendment, only 77% able to name freedom of speech. Why do you think there's such a significant knowledge gap? It's a great question. And so we see that, you know, while there are five rights protected by the First Amendment, speech, press, religion, right of petition, right of assembly, By and large, most people only really know the free speech rights, period. And it points to some other sorts of findings that we have in our survey. For example, only about 7 in 10 people can name all three branches of government. 17% can't name any of them. That people often lack important civic knowledge that's incredibly important for participating meaningfully in our democracy. Does the data from the survey suggest any patterns or trends regarding the level of civics knowledge among different demographics, such as age, education level, or geographic location? There are important differences, the most important one being education, where better educated people tend to know more. And of course, one of the most important predictors is whether or not you have taken a civics class in school, those people tend to know the most. That said, while there are important differences, I think the more important point to note is just generally that many groups in society don't have that knowledge. And while we often think a lot about the national level of politics, for most of us, political participation is most meaningful at the local level. And so it's important while we have to, in a survey, because it's of people in the whole country, think about these national factors, we also should be thinking about how to encourage people to participate more in their local communities. Do you have any historic data as to the level of awareness in the past compared to this current survey? Well, we have been conducting this survey for a number of years, and this I'll say in two parts. One is that, broadly speaking, There don't seem to be huge swings historically. It's typically the case that people are lacking some of this really important civic knowledge. But second, it's a little bit tough for us to compare that because as with all polls, in the last few years, we've had to move from serving people over the phone to serving people online. 
so that makes it a little bit tricky to compare that but as best as we can we have lined those up and we have some information on our website for those who are interested in knowing more about that process but it still doesn't really seem to be the case that there's been big changes rather there's been more consistent pattern of people not having some of this important knowledge Even for those who are aware of their right to free speech, many Americans' interpretation of the meaning of free speech seems to be narrowing over the past few years. Did your study touch on that? One way we looked at that is we ask a question to test people's applied knowledge of it about whether or not Facebook can ask you to take down a message that might violate some of their terms of service, right? And that is, in fact, what Facebook is allowed to do because the First Amendment covers government restrictions, not private restrictions. And many people misunderstand that and they say, no, the First Amendment prohibits them from doing that. So we think that those sorts of things are an important part of helping people to understand what is and what is not allowed under the First Amendment. So it covers government restrictions, not private restrictions. And that's a pretty common misperception, I guess, out there, right? Yes, because many people hear First Amendment and free speech. They think of any sort of free speech. But the First Amendment really regards the government's ability to come in and prohibit you from speaking out in the public sphere. And we should note that there are several First Amendment cases currently in the courts examining whether government pressure can be applied to private companies like Facebook or Twitter to force them to curtail unpopular or disfavored speech. And the question will almost certainly end up before the U.S. Supreme Court at some point. Professor, what role do you think the media has in terms of the public's knowledge of constitutional rights because of the way the government and the Constitution is portrayed in the media? There is certainly a role for the media, obviously also a role for our education system. But I like to say that this is the responsibility of all of us. So if you go to our website, you can find on there something called the Civics Renewal Network in Annenberg Classroom that have a lot of resources that teachers, but also parents or friends, or just people who want to know more about civics themselves can use to become better informed about our system of government and the sorts of rights that are guaranteed by our constitution. With regards to the Supreme Court, the survey revealed a divide in approval ratings with it looked like a 9% increase in approval over the last year. Any idea what might attribute this fluctuation to? The Supreme Court's a particularly interesting case. We can look at 2022 to 2023, but it's also useful to put it back in the context of a few years. So even just a few years ago, the approval of the Supreme Court was quite a bit higher. Our results, some other work we've done at the center, as well as work from a lot of other folks, suggested that in 2022, with several of the court's big key decisions being quite out of step with public opinion, most notably the Dobbs decision, that really seems to have driven down approval of the court. We saw that rebound somewhat in 2023, but it's also important to note that the court issued its key decisions that were more in line with public opinion. So there's a group called SCOT that is a project called SCOTUS Poll that has tracked this over time. And really 2022 was a standout year because not just Dobbs, but several of the key decisions really were quite out of step with what the modal member of the public wanted. I see. Are there any implications in the fact that 22% of the respondents incorrectly listed the right to bear arms as part of the First Amendment? 
Is that a concern or not? I think it just reflects the fact that people get to the survey and they know it's in there somewhere, right? But they maybe don't remember that it's first versus, you know, second amendment. So I'm less concerned about that because people do understand it's protected by the constitution and, you know, want to help them better understand the kind of rights and responsibilities that are afforded by citizenship more broadly. We're speaking with Professor Matt Lewandowski of the Annenberg Center, and we're talking about the Annenberg Public Policy Center Constitution Day Civics Survey. Looking ahead to future years, do you anticipate continuing the survey and perhaps changing it, or is it pretty much set the way you want it? We always make some small changes around the margins to account for new trends, but we try to keep many of the core items the same so that we can track them over time. But for example, when we started the survey you know, many years ago before I was there, there wasn't really a lot on social media. But now we've added a question, for example, about whether the First Amendment means that you know Facebook has to let you say basically whatever you'd like on the platform. And many people incorrectly think the First Amendment does that, not understanding the First Amendment covers government restrictions on speech, not private restrictions. So we're always looking to both keep some continuity, but also respond to any changes as they occur in our society and environment. Yeah, this is great. And hopefully it is helping people learn more. If some of our listeners want to get a good overview of the Constitution, what would you recommend? As I mentioned before, if you go to our website, AnnabergPublicPolicyCenter.org, you can find both our Constitution Day surveys, but also Annenberg Classroom, Civics Renewal Network, and that will really link out to quite a lot of information, including a set of videos, readings, guides to different parts of the Constitution. And there are many other great groups, such as the National Constitution Center, that also have lots of great material online for free that folks can access to learn more about our Constitution and our system of government. Professor Matt Lewandowski of the Annenberg Center on their Constitution Day Civics Survey. Professor, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. Next, should you trust that online advice? That story, straight ahead. There's more info track coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.